you know, I'm reading the news. I don't even know where to start. You know, right from the very beginning, he looked like a slimy motherfucker. You know, Justin Trudeau, you know, the son of, uh, you know, infamous Canadian prime minister from Canada's uh, history books, you know, did a lot of damage. You know, I, I remember hearing that, you know, growing up in the 70s and 80s and, you know, feeling the effects of the recession that he created and, you know, finally kind of lifting my head up, you know, after you know, working hard my whole life and hearing that, you know, the problem had finally been corrected, that the conservative government was dealing with a surplus, you know, and, and kind of looking around and seeing people spending money again, you know, on the things that they love, you know, went through that period where, you, you know, you couldn't afford to buy anything you really liked, you know, and I was young and I didn't have, uh, you know, quite the same resources I did as I, you know, launched into a career of policing. Um, and, and again, one that I enjoyed uh, very much. Uh, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, the idea that <clears throat> you wouldn't have enough money, you know, perhaps to pay your bills on time, you know, that hydro, you know, the rates seem to just be climbing at this fantastic rate over the last, you know, 10 years. And it's like, you know, we're hearing a lot of rumors that the wind government had somehow screwed us and that we were paying someone to take our power. Like what? Like, how the hell did that happen? Like, we, we, well, we got windmills that are supposed to make energy for free and it's green, but... You know, it's costing us money. These things are breaking all over the place. They, uh, you know, uh, come with a ridiculous, you know, price tag. You know, as we export surplus energy, we got too much. We'll, we'll give it to the people. Like, if you got too much, just give it away. <laughs> you know, create like a lottery. You want to really drive up some support, you know, just, hey, we'll pay your hydro bill for the month of March. And, like, that would be enough to get people excited. I don't want to give anybody any ideas, but the truth is, is that the windmills, you know, have been hailed as a horrible failure, uh, at least for the residents that live in the area. They, they look ugly as sin. But, you know, so we got governments and, you know, leadership that seem to be driving us into the ground economically. You've got, um, you know, big business fleeing, you got small business getting taxed to insure their lives. Um, you know, uh, the only people that seem to be given any money seem to live outside of Canada. We've got people starving and we're sending billions of dollars in every direction, but you know, Canada and, and you, you have the nerve to tell, you know, a soldier hopping on one leg that, you know, you're asking for too much. And then they get wrapped up in this SNC-Lavalin, you know, scandal, which is like uh, unbelievable. Of course, they want to change the channel at every opportunity. They're just trying to play it off like, hey, it was important to us. So we asked maybe one too many times, but like we didn't do anything inappropriate. And she never said anything. Of course, you know, I get the impression that uh, this young lady, Jody Wilson-Raybould, probably was outspoken enough to at some point have said like, that's enough. All right. That's the last I want to hear of it. And was told, yeah, you better rethink that one. You know, the boss really wants this, perhaps. You know, the resignation of, you know, several top aides. Uh, Gerald Butts, you know, fleeing the crime scene. Uh, 
um, you know, everybody just seemingly um, at odds with the truth. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things that kind of point towards you're hiding something. And yet, you know, we're supposed to trust this government with our safety. Uh, there's people that, I mean, I've been listening to the parliamentary sessions for the last two years. There have been people like Michelle Rumpel raising the immigration issue, uh, the uh, emergency, if it were, uh, when you've got uh, illegal immigrants taking advantage of our generosity as Canadians, uh, coming into this country illegally. You know, I refuse to use that term irregular because we have laws in this country. They are breaking them. So that that makes them illegal. You know, not irregular. Uh, this change in the language is an attempt to try and get you, you know, very, very uh, pacified. Like, they, no, 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 it's just, it's just out of the norm. No, it's called illegal immigration. You're walking across the border. And I'm not a bigot and I'm not a racist. Uh, I have problems, though, with people breaking the law. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I became a police officer. I have a real problem with that. And you don't have to be a racist to talk about that subject. You know, like anybody that would convince you you're a racist simply for bringing up that um, they don't seem to have a handle on the number of immigrants crossing uh, our borders from the United States, which is a safe country. So they're not fleeing, you know, war-torn, uh, you know, the Middle East. They're, they're in a friendly country that seems to have a booming economy, and yet they're, they're crossing into our borders. I, I don't quite understand um, why Michelle Rumpel has been, like, standing on a chair. She's just a little thing. And saying again and again, like, what's being done about this? Like, let's have the numbers, and, like, how are we dealing with this? And what's it costing us? And, and is it sustainable? That's, that's the real question. And, I mean, and this is where, you know, for anybody that would look at you and say you're a racist for discussing the issue of illegal immigration, you know, like just to look at you sideways, say, well, hold it. I'd like to know who's paying for all this. Like, I mean, if they're, if they're breaking the law, like, why are we putting them in hotels? Now you can sit there and say, well, where are we supposed to put them? Like, but you know, like the truth is, is that we do need to close our borders and like send them back. If they're coming from a free country, I don't see any reason why we should take on the expense. And it has nothing to do with being a racist because, uh, at the rate we're going, we're running out of cash fast. Uh, we've got a government that's spending it as fast as he can and seemingly around the world, you know, and there are some people that believe that he's just trying to win like, you know, some kind of uh, global popularity contest and secure a seat on the UN Council. Uh, that may be true. You know, anything's possible. I mean, he seems like a slimy little fuck. And you know I'm getting excited when I start to swear. But the truth is, is like, I mean, we've got this like spoiled brat leadership. And he's doing whatever the hell he wants. We've got like everything is pointing in the opposite direction. And yet we're supposed to trust you. And you haven't made any smart decisions so far. You look like you maybe have engaged in some criminal activity that really, really, really becomes hard, you know, to trust you when you won't let a woman speak. And maybe you'll dig me for being a racist and a bigot, but you're not going to get me for being like, you know, one of these uh, <laughs> people that doesn't appreciate feminism. You know, I love the idea that a woman is every bit as powerful as a man. And there are going to be people out there that criticize me for saying this. But the truth is, is that women, right, are incredible. And they have a way of saying things. And guys, if you've ever been in trouble, you know what I'm talking about. Like, I mean, you can women can get involved. They have a real voice. And, you know, you know, I'm sure somebody's going to find a way to twist this and tell me that I'm an asshole for the way I've presented this. But, like, you know what? To everybody out there that thinks that women uh, don't make incredible contributions, uh, you know, in every community, 
Uh, you're sadly mistaken. And f- the idea that our leader would not allow this woman to speak. Now he's trying to pan it off and say, well, we've given them unprecedented, you know, waiver of lawyer-client privilege. And we, we unprecedented. Well, yeah, yeah, but we want to know about everything, not just the things you pick and choose. What kind of leadership holds that information back from the public? You know, we've got a major ethical issue. And not that you haven't seen the inside of the ethics office, commissioner's office before. Like, I mean, your uh, liberal party seems to be like holding meetings in there. Like, everybody is getting dinged. And I mean, and that's the other thing. Like, I mean, the ethics commissioner takes a leave uh, for for medical reasons. And I'm sure that that's just stress (laughs) and not wanting to have to deal with this. You know, it must be an unimaginable mess to be a liberal right now. I really feel for Bob Bertina. You know, I, he hasn't gotten back to me. I've called his office several times. And, you know, only if, if for no other reason than to wish him well and hope that he remembers the conversation that we had where I reminded him, how do you want to be remembered? You know, that's kind of an important thing. I refuse to believe that anybody would get behind the Liberal Party at this point. They're making all kinds of crappy decisions and bringing us right back with guns. You know, we got New Zealand. Uh, their, their their leadership says we are banning handguns. Now uh, you can make fun of me for like me, you know, uh, trying trying a horrible attempt at that accent. But like you know, like she's up there and you know she's talking. I'm not demeaning her because she's a woman, but I'm saying like you know what? How unrealistic are you? How unintelligent are you? Like I mean, it has nothing to do with being a woman. If you if it was a guy up there saying the same thing, I'd be sitting there like saying, man, have you thought this one through? And that's like the signature move of liberal governments and. You you know, like to suddenly do something and then think about later how we're going to make it all work. Like, I mean, you got to think about things like police resources. Like if you suddenly ban something like, OK, so you've made like a bazillion people uh, criminals overnight. And that's an exaggeration, I'm sure. But, you know, like there's a large number of people that enjoy firearms of this type. Uh, the ones that you're banning pretty much everything, you know, unless you, you know, you're into pump actions and lever action guns. And there's a lot of fantastic firearms in those categories as well. But like she's banning all semi-automatic, all semi-automatics and anything that can make it go semi-automatic and or will simulate automatic fire. Like, I mean, she's getting up there and she's saying we're going to ban all these things, but I don't know if anybody's given any thought. Like, I mean, what if everybody says no? It happened in Quebec. They didn't. They did not register their long guns. Right. They, they, I love when the statistics come out saying, "Well, we only we see about you know twenty percent people." What? What do you mean? How do you know twenty percent? There is no more long gun registry. How could you possibly know only twenty percent have complied? And you've already structured a penal system. You know, five hundred dollars per gun. Whoa, that you know what that screams out. Like, hey, when we find you, this is going to cost you a ton of money. You know, that's how they threaten you. When you're already strapped for cash and then they threaten to ding you for like $500 a gun, they, they pick you apart in little groups. My prediction is, is they're going to say, uh, we're going to totally prohibit these ones. And they will be the class of gun where there's fewer of them uh, because it's a smaller group and, you know, more likely that the uh, larger portion of the firearm community will throw them under the wheels of the bus. I don't want to see that happen this time around. I've seen people saying, I don't care. I, uh, I shoot shotguns. I duck hunt. I, you know, I don't bother with that crap. Handguns. Who needs a handgun anyway? Anybody that gets behind that kind of malarkey, uh, you know what? There's the door. We're all on one team. You got to get on board. It's not the 90s anymore. If we had been this organized during the mid-90s, this, this awful mess of a firearms act that we currently have would not be in existence. 22 years plus. 
I believe, and we've been looking at this thing going, none of it makes sense. You know, how that is so dumb. And I mean, what? And, and so much ambiguity. You know, the vagueness of terms, the inability to define things. You know, people want to own their guns, and the ones that own them legally don't ever create any problems. And there's surveys, the surveys, oh, like, don't even get me started on the surveys. Apparently, there's a problem with the Global Mail right now. Uh, they they decided to finally report that, you know, nobody wants this, uh, you know, change in gun control, certainly not at taxpayers' expense. And the general consensus is like something like 78 or 82 percent said, no, we don't need to make the laws any stricter here. No, right? We don't need to change it, no matter how they word it. Like, and it was awful. Like, they give you, like, three choices in an effort to split the vote and or, like, two two choices would be kind of, like, vague. A little unclear. If you read them too fast, you might answer incorrectly. But we still crush these surveys. And, I mean, across the board, social media, everybody out there, you know, Facebook, Instagram, you know, everybody that's on Reddit and Twitter. I call it Twitter. I got my buddy, my buddy Steve. He made fun of me today. I call it Twitter. I never use that thing. But, like, at some point, I'll probably get on it. But... To everybody out there that participates in the, uh, the the surveys, like we've been killing it, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've certainly enjoyed watching the competition get demoralized to the point that they have to keep changing the questions, and you know, eventually tearing da- tearing down. Well, apparently, I guess the Global Mail finally decided that they were going to report the news accurately, which isn't surprising because I've seen a lot of like you know, objective articles coming out of like places I wouldn't have expected, and you know, they're kind of coming out swinging, saying nobody wants this change. Uh, you know, is everybody out there but Bill Blair, you know, on this thing so intensely that he can't see that nobody wants this and that everybody else is saying that, you know, it doesn't make much sense. In New Zealand, they're banning guns. They're talking about, (laughs) uh, you know, amnesties and compensation. And I love this, you know, the AR-15 that can be anywhere between $200,000 and uh, $10,000. It's like, woo, you know, and, and how would you possibly know what it's worth? And you know what? At the end of the day, I don't care if they gave back everybody that owned, you know, a restricted firearm. If they gave them $200 compensation for, you know, what you got, uh, I could see that, you know, still bankrupting the country. You know, like, I mean, hey, let's let's... Let's face facts, folks. Anybody out there that's got a restricted license has got several guns, and you know, chances are they're not cheap, and it would bankrupt this country. And I don't, I'd like to know why. Uh, you know, they're so intent on banning you know these assault rifles, and you know that they're moving towards centralized storage. I hear it when they talk. I've seen it. I've been in the town hall meetings, and I've watched you know the body language, and you know, with my experience, I, you can tell you know why, when they're like touching on subjects to, you know, get some feedback from the public. And, you know, I'm sure there are people in that audience that are plants. And that sounds really ridiculous. But, I mean, you could tell there there are people, like, right away turning around saying, be quiet, you know, and you really haven't said anything wrong. And it's like, whoa, Uh, the town hall meetings are a bit of a shit show. Um, Really, it's a talk down. Uh, There is no real conversation, meaningful conversation, as the liberals put it. Uh, It's more of a lecture. And I think that uh, more and more people are seeing that now and certainly have experienced the stonewall effect that uh, is often felt by the firearm community when dealing, you know, with uh, the anti-gun rhetoric. And when there's this large push and then you get the doctors involved, everybody's jumping on board. And it's like, yeah, you know what? You look at the players involved and their track records and you want to leave your safety up to these people? Like, no, you know what? I'm not digging it. I, I can't tell people to break the law and I'll never do that. 
Uh, certainly there's a lot of talk of non-compliance. You know, don't want to see people get in any trouble. So I would tell you, don't ever break the law. However, right, like, you know, some people are going to do what they want to do. Everybody's going to have to make a personal choice uh, if they decide to get silly. And, you know, I'm sure somebody's going to slam me for, you know, trying to incite a riot or something when I talk like this. But the truth is, is that, you know, if they decide to, you know, ban guns and you got to turn them over, whether they're compensating you or not, you know, it really does beg the question, like, you know, should you be turning over property without, you know, a justifiable cause? And it always comes back to that for me. And I've always thought that, you know, grandfathering was the easy way out for the liberals. Uh, when it came to firearms, uh, they do they do tend to ban some things outright. Don't let those people slip under the wheels of the bus. Um, you know, if they decide that they're only going to ban, you know, the Swiss Arms and the 858, I say we fight for them tooth and nail. Everybody out there get on board. I don't care if you shoot ducks, uh, if, you know, if you blast out on the farm, if you're engaged in social media, you know, uh, spread the word. It's really important. Uh, we don't want to see the liberal government uh, get away with the SWAT that they're planning on taking at us, uh, especially as they're being shown their way to the door. I think it's really important to get uh, behind, you know, our political leaders. Uh, Michelle Rumpel has been absolutely fantastic uh, to watch in action. If you haven't seen her in the parliamentary sessions, please uh, take in the show. Uh, she's a lovely lady. And wow, does she got fire. I love watching her argue. You know, when she shook her shoulders and her head and when she said, if he's such a feminist and it's like, ooh, you know, she's fiery and I love watching her go. Uh, we've got a lot of intelligent uh, discussion being put forward by uh, Pierre Polyver. Uh, it's been uh, really a dynamo in this. Uh, Andrew J. Shear, you know, I uh, got to tip my hat. You know, he's come out with some great ones uh, to watch. So if you get a chance to take in the parliamentary sessions, uh, I'll try and give you guys some of the highlights and kind of direct you as you go. Uh, as you know, if you're listening to the podcast, you always get the information here first. Um, I can tell you that, you know, we've really moved along with uh, several projects. We've had a bit of a holdup uh, on one of, well, both of them actually. But I mean, it, things happen at a rate that's uh, just a little bit slower. You know, than I ordinarily like, uh, but uh, definitely got some exciting things coming up. Uh, we've seen a lot of fantastic stuff uh, coming out of the uh, the firearms industry lately. Uh, a lot of great products. Uh, I'm really excited to get my hands on uh, you know a couple of different guns. And the idea that you know uh, we're moving forward towards election seasons got me really really amped up too. Uh, because you know uh, I think that we're going to have to release a T-shirt of some kind uh, in your show of support, even if it's discreet. Uh, <laughs> of the removal of this uh, liberal government from office uh, for uh, for the amount of energy that we've put into this over the last couple of years, uh, you know, keeping you guys apprised of the news, uh, you know, definitely uh, pushing you in the direction of the good lobby groups uh, that we have uh, working hard for us now. And uh, there's, a, there's a few people I'd love to thank personally. Uh, to, to the people that have had to... Um, suffer through, uh, you know, some, some gaps in our, uh, postings online. Uh, I apologize. We've had a lot going on lately. Uh, there's been a tragedy that's uh, struck the firearm community. Uh, that's the subject I want to talk about tonight. Uh, for those of you that are listening, you, you got to know that I wing it as I go through these. I don't have cue cards. Uh, but so I may bounce around a little bit. I apologize. Uh, but we did have a tragedy. This is something I definitely will, really wanted to talk about with you. 
Mm. You'll have to forgive me. Anybody who talks this much, uh, you know, eventually needs a drink of water. Uh, I really appreciate you guys listening in, uh, by the way. Uh, for everybody that's been paying close attention to the podcast, uh, you know, you've been absolutely fantastic. I definitely appreciate you spreading the word uh, that we're out there. So if you can remember at the end of this thing, uh, definitely pass it along to your, you know, close friends. If you think that if you think they'd be at all interested, um, you know, don't irritate your buddies by sending stuff nonstop. Uh, but uh, you know, for the people that tune into the podcast, uh, we're uh, we're really pleased. You know, some of the things that have been going on lately, and at the same time, we've had actually uh, a horrible tragedy. And I, d- I did want to talk about this. Uh, you know, it's a real sensitive subject. But you know, one of our founding members. Uh, was injured horribly uh, in an industrial accident. And uh, he's not looking well. Uh, the family really appreciates your support. Uh, I understand there was a, a GoFundMe account uh, set up uh, of some kind. But uh, Marlon uh, Dupuis uh, was, uh, was injured. And uh, the family appreciates all your well wishes. Uh, we may be a little bit beyond, um, you know, uh, getting well. And uh, to those that knew Marlon, he was a great kid, uh, you know. <sighs> yeah, I hate saying the word was. Like he was just such a solid kid. You know, respectful. You know, knew his stuff. You know, he didn't have to smile too hard to know that he was really pleased. You know, just a great kid. Unbelievable parents. Whole family. Mm. Anyway, I uh, I can tell you that uh, his loss will be felt by many. <laughs> well, it certainly has been a uh, a long day. I'm uh, very much looking forward uh, to uh, the days that come, though. And uh, certainly we've got uh, a lot of exciting things happening in the future. I'm uh, really hopeful uh, that uh, things will continue to progress at the rate they have. Uh, we've got some big surprises in store for you all. It's, uh, it's been a bumpy ride at times, but uh, we got TACOM coming up. Uh, this, uh, this September, I believe, uh, it's shaping up to be a fantastic event. Uh, Freddie there down at, uh, Farms Outlet Canada and Ajax is, uh, looking to put on a show. Uh, I believe it's going to be at the convention center though, and it's going to have a capacity, uh, that is much larger than we are used to seeing here in Canada. And, uh, there's definitely going to be some, uh, fantastic, uh, vendors there. And really looking forward to what I think is uh, shaping up to be the uh, SHOT Show, you know, for Canada. Anyway, that's about all the time I have for uh, this evening's episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. And uh, thank you again, folks, for listening to these podcasts. And we will talk to you soon. Have a good night, folks.